Welcome to this week in nephrology, your filtered medical journal summary. Looking to stay up to date with the latest medical research but short on time? This week in nephrology has you covered. Our AI-powered podcast provides you with a convenient, on-the-go solution to keep you informed about the most significant developments in the nephrology field. Hi, this week in nephrology, we will be discussing article published in October issues of the nephrology journals. First we will be going over articles in the Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. The number and size of individual kidney medullary pyramids is associated with clinical characteristics, kidney biopsy findings, and CKD outcomes among kidney donors. Background The kidney is a lobulated organ, but little is known regarding the clinical importance of the number and size of individual kidney lobes. Methods After applying a previously validated algorithm to segment the cortex and medulla, a deep learning algorithm was developed and validated to segment and count individual medullary pyramids on contrast-enhanced computed tomography images of living kidney donors before donation. The association of cortex volume, medullary volume, number of pyramids, and mean pyramid volume with concurrent clinical characteristics, kidney function and CKD risk factors, kidney biopsy morphology, nephron number, glomerular volume, and nephrosclerosis, and short and long-term GFR less than 60 or less than 45 milliliters per minute per 1.73 meters 2 was assessed. Results Among 2,876 living kidney donors, 1,132 had short-term follow-up at a median of 3.8 months and 638 had long-term follow-up at a median of 10.0 years. Larger cortex volume was associated with younger age, male sex, larger body size, higher GFR, albuminuria, more nephrons, larger glomeruli, less nephrosclerosis, and lower risk of low GFR at follow-up. Larger pyramids were associated with older age, female sex, larger body size, higher GFR, more nephrons, larger glomerular volume, more nephrosclerosis, and higher risk of low GFR at follow-up. More pyramids were associated with younger age, male sex, greater height, no hypertension, higher GFR, lower uric acid, more nephrons, less nephrosclerosis, and a lower risk of low GFR at follow-up. Conclusions Cortex volume and medullary pyramid volume and count reflect underlying variation in nephron number and nephron size as well as merging of pyramids because of age-related nephrosclerosis, with loss of detectable cortical columns separating pyramids. Next we will be going over articles in the Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. Anti-PLA-2 are antibody levels and clinical risk factors for treatment non-response in membranous nephropathy. Background The 2021 Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes, K2GO, guidelines recommend following antiphospholipase A2 receptor, PLA-2R, antibody levels as a marker of treatment response in membranous nephropathy. However, the optimal timing to evaluate antibody levels and how to combine them with other clinical variables are currently unknown. Methods We used a cohort of 85 patients from the membranous nephropathy trial of rituximab, Mentor, with anti-PLA-2R antibodies greater than or equal to 14 ru ml to identify risk factors for not experiencing proteinuria remission after 12 months of treatment with cyclosporin or rituximab. Three landmark times were considered, at baseline and after three and six months of treatment. 
Logistic regression model performance was evaluated using C statistics and model fit, a Kike information criterion, AIC, R2. Results The model at baseline that best predicted no remission included anti-PLA2 or antibodies greater than 323 RU-ML and creatinine clearance. The best model after three months included the change from baseline in both antibody and albumin levels, and the best model after six months included antibody levels greater than 14 RU-ML, creatinine clearance, and the change from baseline in albumin. Compared with the model at baseline, the model at three months had better model fit, AIC 70.9 versus 96.4, R251.8% versus 30.1%, and higher C statistic, 0.93 versus 0.83, P equals 0.008. The model at six months had no difference in performance compared with the model at three months, AIC 68.6, R253.0%, C statistic 0.94, P equals 0.67. Conclusions In patients with membranous nephropathy treated with cyclosporin or rituximab in the MENTOR trial, we found that the optimal method to evaluate risk factors for the probability of treatment response was to use anti-PLA2 or antibody levels combined with albumin levels after three months of treatment, which was significantly better than using antibody levels alone or risk factor evaluation at baseline, with no added benefit of waiting until six months of treatment. Performance characteristics of candidate criteria for hemodialysis arteriovenous fistula maturation. Background 20-60% of newly created hemodialysis arteriovenous fistulas do not mature adequately for use. One barrier to developing interventions to improve fistula outcomes is a lack of standardized criteria for maturation. Methods Using data from the multicenter, prospective hemodialysis fistula maturation, HFM, study, we determine sensitivities, specificities, and positive and negative predictive values of multiple candidate maturation criteria using the HFM study maturation criteria as the reference. We also compared, across the maturation criteria, relationships between maturation and fistula survival using Cox proportional hazards models. Results We included 535 of the 602 HFM study participants. The median, interquartile range, age was 57, 47 to 65, years, 70% were men and 45% were black participants. Depending on the criterion and time frame for ascertainment, 3, 4, 5, 6, or 9 months, sensitivities ranged from 57% to 100%, specificities ranged from 85% to 100%, positive predictive values ranged from 88% to 100%, and negative predictive values ranged from 65% to 100%. For all criteria, areas under the curve for the 6-month, 0.90 to 0.97 for unassisted maturation and 0.89 to 0.95 for overall maturation, and 9-month timeframes were similar. Attainment of unassisted maturation was associated with lower risks of fistula abandonment, with hazard ratios ranging from 0.10 to 0.40 depending on the criterion and time frame. Eliminating dialysis adequacy indicators, or simplifying the criteria in other ways, had little effect on performance characteristics. Conclusions 
High performance characteristics are maintained with maturation criteria that are simpler and less burdensome to ascertain than the HFM study outcome measure. Next we will be going over articles in the nephrology dialysis transplantation. High rates of psychological distress, mental health diagnoses and suicide attempts in people with chronic kidney disease in Ireland. Background People with chronic kidney disease, CKD, experience high levels of psychological distress, which is associated with higher mortality and adverse health outcomes. Little is known about the rates of a range of mental health difficulties or rates of suicide attempts in people with CKD. Methods Individuals with CKD, N equals 268, age range 18 to 94 years, mean equals 49.96 years, on hemodialysis, N equals 79, peritoneal dialysis, N equals 46, transplant recipients, N equals 84, and who are not on renal replacement therapy, RRT. N equals 59, were recruited through the Irish Kidney Association social media pages and three Irish hospitals. Participants completed surveys to gather demographics and mental health histories, the Hospital Anxiety and Depression Scale, HADS, and the 12-item short-form health survey, SF12, to measure health-related quality of life, per call. Results a total of 23.5% of participants self-reported they had received a mental health diagnosis, with depression, 14.5%, and anxiety, 14.2%, being the most common, while 26.4% of participants had experienced suicidal ideation and 9.3% had attempted suicide. Using a clinical cutoff greater than or equal to 8 on the HAD subscales, Current levels of clinically significant anxiety and depression were 50.7% and 35.4%, respectively. Depression levels were slightly higher for those on hemodialysis compared with those with a transplant and those not on RRT. Depression, anxiety and having a mental health diagnosis were all associated with lower HERCAL. Conclusions People with CKD in Ireland experience high levels of psychological distress, mental health difficulties, suicidal ideation and suicide attempts. The identification of an intervention for mental health difficulties in CKD should be prioritized in clinical care. Sex difference in cardiovascular risk in patients with chronic kidney disease, pooled analysis of four cohort studies. Background Progression of chronic kidney disease, CKD, has proven to be faster in men than in women. Whether the same holds true for cardiovascular risk remains ill-defined. Methods We conducted a pooled analysis of four cohort studies from 40 nephrology clinics in Italy including patients with CKD, estimated glomerular filtration rate, ECFR, less than 60 milliliters per minute slash 1.73 square meters or higher if proteinuria greater than 0.15 grams slash day. The aim was to compare multivariable adjusted risk, hazard ratio, 95% confidence interval, of a composite cardiovascular endpoint, cardiovascular death and non-fatal myocardial infarction, congestive heart failure, stroke, revascularization, peripheral vascular disease and non-traumatic amputation in women, and equals 1192, 
versus men and equals 1635. Results. At baseline, women had slightly higher systolic blood pressure, SBP, as compared with men, 139 plus or minus 19 versus 138 plus or minus 18 millimeters of mercury, P equals 0.049, lower eek for, 33.4 versus 35.7 milliliters per minute slash 1.73 square meters, P equals 0.001, and lower urine protein excretion, 0.30 grams slash day versus 0.45 grams slash day in men, P less than 0.001. Women did not differ from men in age and prevalence of diabetes, while having a lower prevalence of cardiovascular disease, left ventricular hypertrophy and smoking habit. During a median follow-up of 4.0 years, 517 fatal and non-fatal cardiovascular events were registered, 199 in women and 318 in men. The adjusted risk of cardiovascular events was lower in women, 0.73, 0.60 to 0.89, P equals 0.002, than in men. However, the cardiovascular risk advantage of women progressively diminished as SBP as continuous variable, increased, P for interaction equals 0.021. Similar results were obtained when considering SBP categories, when compared with men, women had lower cardiovascular risk for SBP less than 130 mm of mercury, 0 0.50, 0.31-0.80, P equals 0.004, and SBP 130-140 to mm of mercury, 0.72, 0.53 to 0.99, P equals 0.038, while no difference was observed for SBP greater than 140 mm of mercury, 0.85, 0.64 to 1.11, P equals 0.232. Conclusions Higher BP levels abolish the cardiovascular protection seen in female versus male patients with overt CKD. This finding supports the need for higher awareness of hypertensive burden in women with CKD. Next we will be going over articles in the Kidney International. A prospective-controlled, randomized clinical trial of kidney transplant recipients developed personalized tacrolimus dosing using model-based Bayesian prediction. For three decades, tacrolimus, TAC, dose adjustment in clinical practice has been calculated empirically according to the manufacturer's labeling based on a patient's body weight. Here, we developed and validated a population pharmacokinetic, PPK, model including pharmacogenetics, cluster site 3A4 slash site 3A5, age, and hematocrit. Our study aimed to assess the clinical applicability of this PPK model in the achievement of TAC company therapeutic trough TAC concentration, compared to the manufacturer's labeling dosage. A prospective two-arm, randomized, clinical trial was conducted to determine TAC starting and subsequent dose adjustments in 90 kidney transplant recipients. Patients were randomized to a control group with TAC adjustment according to the manufacturer's labeling or the PPK group adjusted to reach target CO, 6 to 10 nanograms slash ml, after the first steady state, primary endpoint, using a Bayesian prediction model, non-MEM. A significantly higher percentage of patients from the PPK group, 54.8%, compared with the control group, 20.8%, achieved the therapeutic target fulfilling 30% of the established superiority margin defined. 
patients receiving PPK showed significantly less intrapatient variability compared to the control group, reached the TAC company target sooner, 5 days versus 10 days, and required significantly fewer TAC dose modifications compared to the control group within 90 days following kidney transplant. No statistically significant differences occurred in clinical outcomes. Thus, PPK-based TAC dosing offers significant superiority for starting TAC prescription over classical labeling-based dosing according to the body weight, which may optimize TAC-based therapy in the first days following transplantation. Next we will be going over articles in the American Journal of Kidney Diseases. Patient and Healthcare Professional Perspectives on Addressing Obesity in ESKD Rationale and Objective Obesity is common among patients with end-stage kidney disease, ESKD, and is a pervasive barrier to kidney transplantation. Patient perspectives about barriers to weight loss and patient and healthcare professionals' viewpoints about optimal obesity management in ESKD are needed. Study Design Qualitative study using a descriptive phenomenological approach to understand ESKD patients' lived experiences with obesity and weight loss and patients and health professionals' perceptions about optimal obesity care for ESKD patients. Setting and participants Between October 2020 and December 2021, we conducted 90-minute semi-structured interviews with 40 ESKD patients with obesity, body mass index, BMI, greater than or equal to 30 kg M2 and 60-minute interviews with 20 ESKD healthcare professionals. Analytical Approach Deductive and Inductive Thematic Analysis of Interviews Results Among patients with ESKD, the median age was 55, IQR, 46-63, years, median BMI was 39.5, IQR, 35.3-41.6, KG slash M2 and median dialysis vintage was 5, IQR, 3 to 8, years, 58% were female, and 46% were non-Hispanic white. Among healthcare professionals, 50% were renal dietitians, 20% were nephrologists, and the remainder were transplant professionals, surgeons, nephrologists, and dietitians. ESKD patients described unique weight loss challenges, including, 1, Conflicting tenets of kidney-friendly versus popular diets, 2. Fatigue due to dialysis that affects dietary choices, and 3. Perceived pressure and unrealistic expectations from health professionals to lose weight for kidney transplantation. Professionals and patients describe the lack of transparent and honest communication about obesity and unclear roles and responsibilities for obesity counseling. Limitations Lack of caregiver perspectives and potential lack of transferability to overall dialysis population given overrepresentation of patients with severe obesity and previous weight loss surgery. Conclusions Obesity interventions for ESKD patients should be tailored to meet the unique challenges reported by patients with ESKD. Clarifying ESKD health professionals' roles and responsibilities for obesity care would help to ensure that patients have consistent and effective support to manage obesity. Next we will be going over articles in the Clinical Kidney Journal. High exposure to dacrolimus is associated with spontaneous remission of recurrent membranous nephropathy after kidney transplantation. Introduction 
We aim to characterize the incidence and clinical presentation of membranous nephropathy, MN, after kidney transplantation, KT, and to assess allograft outcomes according to proteinuria rates and immunosuppression management. Methods Multicenter retrospective cohort study including patients from six Spanish centers who received a KT between 1991 to 2019. Demographic, clinical, and histological data were collected from recipients with biopsy-proven MN as primary kidney disease, N equals 71 or MN diagnosed de novo after KT, N equals 4. Results Up to 25.4% of patients with biopsy-proven MN as primary kidney disease recurred after a median time of 18.1 months post-transplant, without a clear impact on graft survival. Proteinuria at 3 months post-KT was a predictor for MN recurrence, Remen, HR 4.28, P equals 0.008. Patients who lost their grafts had higher proteinuria during follow-up, 1.0, 0 0.5 to 2.5, versus 0 0.3, 0 0.1 to 0.5, D slash 24 hours, but only EFR after recurrence treatment predicted poorer graft survival, EFR less than 30 milliliters per minute. RR equals 6.8. We did not observe an association between maintenance immunosuppression and recurrence diagnosis. Spontaneous remission after remin was associated with a higher exposure to tacrolimus before recurrence, trough concentration slash dose ratio, 2.86 versus 1.18, P equals 0.028. Up to 94.4% of KT recipients received one or several treatments after recurrence onset, 22.2% rituximab, 38.9% increased corticosteroid dose, and 66.7% ACE slash ARBs. Only 21 patients had proper antipla 2 or immunological monitoring. Conclusions One-fourth of patients with biopsy-proven MN as primary kidney disease recurred after KT, without a clear impact on graft survival. Spontaneous remission after remin was associated with a higher exposure to decrolimus before recurrence. The coexistence of diabetic retinopathy and diabetic nephropathy is associated with worse kidney outcomes. Background Up to 50 to 60 percent of patients with diabetes have non diabetic kidney disease. NDKD, on kidney biopsy. Diabetic retinopathy, DR, is a microvascular complication of diabetes frequently associated with diabetic nephropathy, DN. The objective of the current study was to investigate the kidney outcomes and survival in patients with biopsy diagnoses of DN and NDKD according to the presence of DR. Methods We conducted an observational, multicenter and retrospective study of the pathological findings of renal biopsies from 832 consecutive patients with diabetes from 2002 to 2014 from 18 nephrology departments. The association of DR with kidney replacement therapy, KRT, or survival was assessed by Kaplan-Meier and Cox regression analyzes. Results Of 832 patients with diabetes and renal biopsy, 768 had a retinal examination and 221 768, 22.6%, had DR. During a follow-up of 10 years, 288 37.9%, .9 patients with follow-up data needed KRT and 157 760, 20.7%, died. 
The incidence of KRT was higher among patients with DN, alone or with NDKD and DR, 103-175, than among patients without DR, 88-216, p less than 0.0001. The incidence of KRT was also higher among patients with only NDKD and DR than among those without DR, 1846, 39.1%, versus 79331, 23.9%, p less than 0.0001. In multivariate analysis, DR or DN were independent risk factors for KRT, hazard ratio, HR, 2.48, confidence interval, C, 1.85 to 3.31, p less than 0.001. DN, with or without DR, was also identified as an independent risk factor for mortality, HR 1.81, C 1.26 to 2.62, P equals 0.001. Conclusions DR is associated with a higher risk of progression to kidney failure in patients with histological DN and in patients with NDKD. Evaluation of Advanced Imaging Biomarkers at Kidney Failure in Patients with ADPT, a Pilot Study Background Autosomal Dominant Polycystic Kidney Disease, ADPT, Presence with Variable Disease Severity and Progression Advanced Imaging Biomarkers may provide insights into cystic and non-cystic processes leading to kidney failure in different age groups. Methods This pilot study included 39 ADPT patients with kidney failure, stratified into three age groups, less than 46, 46 to 56, greater than 56 years old. Advanced imaging biomarkers were assessed using an automated instance cyst segmentation tool. The biomarkers were compared with an age and sex-matched apt cohort in early chronic kidney disease, CKD. Results Height total parenchymal volume correlated negatively with age at kidney failure. The median height total parenchymal volume was significantly lower in patients older than 56 years. Cystic burden was significantly higher at time of kidney failure, especially in patients who reached it before age 46 years. The cyst index at kidney failure was comparable across age groups and Mayo imaging classes. Advanced imaging biomarkers showed higher correlation with height total kidney volume in early CKD than at kidney failure. Cyst index and parenchymal index were relatively stable over five years prior to kidney failure, whereas height total cyst volume and cyst parenchymal surface area increased significantly. Conclusion Age-related differences in advanced imaging biomarkers suggest variable pathophysiological mechanisms in apt patients with kidney failure. Further studies are needed to validate the utility of these biomarkers in predicting disease progression and guiding treatment strategies. Next we will be going over articles in the Hypertension ACC Prevalence of Chronic Kidney Disease Among U.S. Adults with Hypertension, 1999-2018. Background Hypertension is a major cause of end-stage renal disease. Assessing temporal trends in the prevalence of chronic kidney disease, CKD, in hypertension could provide information for public health policies and plans. Methods from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey from 1999 to 2018, 
a probability sample of adults aged greater than or equal to 20 years was collected. The primary outcomes were classified according to the estimated glomerular filtration rate in urinary albumin. Trend tests were performed to assess age-standardized prevalence trends of CKD, albuminuria, and macroalbuminuria in U.S. adults with hypertension. Results A total of 23 120 U.S. adults with hypertension were included in this study. The prevalence of any CKD, albuminuria, or macroalbuminuria in hypertension remained relatively stable. However, the age-standardized prevalence of stage 1 CKD in hypertension increased from 4.9% in 2003 to 2006 to 7.0% in 2015 to 2018, p equals 0.0077 for trend. The age-standardized prevalence of stage 3B CKD in hypertension decreased from 2.9% in 2011 into 2014 to 2.1% in 2015 to 2018, p equals 0.0350 for trend. A similar trend was observed for the age-standardized prevalence of stages 3 to 5 CKD in hypertension, which declined from 10.9% in 2011 to 2014 to 8.9% in 2015 to 2018, p equals 0.0160 for trend. Conclusions Among U.S. adults with hypertension, the prevalence of any CKD, albuminuria, and macroalbuminuria remained relatively stable from 1999 to 2018 whereas the hypertensive population showed an increasing trend in stage 1 CKD from 2003 to 2006 to 2015 to 2018, and a decreasing trend in the prevalence of stages 3 to 5 and 3B CKD from 2011 to 2014 to 2015 to 2018. Next we will be going over articles in the American Journal of Hypertension. Efficacy of Alisartan Isoproxil in the Treatment of Mild to Moderate Essential Hypertension Background Alisartan Isoproxil is a selective non-peptide angiotensin II AT1, receptor blocker developed by China. This study aimed to assess its clinical efficacy for essential hypertension. A. Methods Patients with mild to moderate A. Selected at 44 sites in China from September 9, 2016, to December 7, 2018, were administered 240 mg alisartan isoproxil daily for four weeks. Patients with controlled blood pressure, BP, continued monotherapy for eight weeks, others were randomly assigned, one-to-one, to A plus D group, alisartan isoproxil 240 mg plus endapamide 1.5 mg, or A plus C group. Alisartan isoproxil plus amlodipine besylate 5 mg, for 8 weeks. BP were measured at week 4, 8 and 12. Results 2,126 patients were included in the analysis. After 12 weeks of treatment, systolic blood pressure, SBP, and diastolic blood pressure, DBP, decreased by 19.24 plus or minus 12.02 and 10.63 plus or minus 8.89 millimeters Hg, respectively, and the overall BP control rate was 78.56%. The sitting blood pressures, SBP slash DBP, decreased by 19.12 plus or minus 11. 71 tenths.84 plus or minus 8.73 millimeters Hg in patients with 12 weeks alisartan isoproxil monotherapy, both P less than 0.0001. The BP reductions and control rates were comparable between A plus D and A plus C groups. 
48 patients with monotherapy-controlled BP underwent ambulatory BP monitoring, with a mean decrease in ambulatory BP of 10.04 plus or minus 10. 87 fits 0.50 plus or minus 8.07 mm Hg after 12 weeks of treatment, and consistent reductions between day and night. SBP and DBP had trough-to-peak ratios of 64.64% and 62.63% and smoothness indices of 3.82 and 2.92, respectively. Conclusions An alisartan isoproxyl-based antihypertensive regimen can effectively control BP in patients with mild to moderate A. Next we will be going over articles in the transplantation. Seroprevalence of measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella zoster virus and seroresponse to the vaccinations in adult solid organ transplant candidates. Background. Updating live vaccines such as measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella, MMRV, is an important step in preparing patients for solid organ transplant, SOT, to prevent morbidity from these preventable diseases. However, data for this approach are scarce. Thus, we aim to describe the seroprevalence of MMRV and the efficacy of the vaccines in our transplant center. Methods Pre-SOT candidates greater than 18 years of age were retrospectively retrieved from SOT database in Memorial Hermann Hospital Texas Medical Center. MMRV serologies are routinely screened at the time of pre-transplant evaluation. We divided patients into two groups. MMRV positive group versus MMRV negative group, patients with positive all MMRV serologies and with negative immunity to at least one dose of MMRV, respectively. Results. A total of 1,213 patients were identified. 394 patients, 32.4%, did not have immunity to at least one dose of MMRV. Multivariate analysis was conducted. Older age, odds ratio, or 1.04, and liver transplant candidates, or 1.71, were associated with seropositivity. Previous history of SOT, or 0.54, and pancreas-slash-kidney transplant candidates, or 0.24, were associated with seronegativity. Among 394 MMRV seronegative patients, 60 patients received one dose of MMR vaccine and 14 patients received one dose of varicella zoster virus vaccine without severe adverse events. A total of 35%, of patients who had follow-up serologies did not have a serological response. Conclusions A significant number of pre-SOT candidates were not immune to at least one dose of MMRV. This highlights the importance of MMRV screening and vaccinations pre-SOT. Post-vaccination serological confirmation should be performed to evaluate the necessity for a second dose. Next we will be going over articles in the American Journal of Transplantation. Qualifying a novel clinical trial endpoint, IBOX, predictive of long-term kidney transplant outcomes. New immunosuppressive therapies that improve long-term graft survival are needed in kidney transplant. 
Critical Path Institute's Transplant Therapeutics Consortium received a qualification opinion for the IBOX scoring system as a novel secondary efficacy endpoint for kidney transplant clinical trials through European Medicines Agency's qualification of novel methodologies for drug development. This is the first qualified endpoint for any transplant indication and is now available for use in kidney transplant clinical trials. Although the current efficacy failure endpoint has typically shown the non-inferiority of therapeutic regimens, the IBOX scoring system can be used to demonstrate the superiority of a new immunosuppressive therapy compared to the standard of care from 6 months to 24 months post-transplant in pivotal or exploratory drug therapeutic studies. Next we will be discussing Kidney International Report Article. Patient Preferences for the Management of Gastrointestinal Symptoms in Kidney Transplantation, a Discrete Choice Experiment. Introduction. Gastrointestinal, GI, symptoms in kidney transplant are common and debilitating. We aim to ascertain patients' preferences for GI symptom management options to help future interventions align with treatment priorities. Methods. A discrete-choice experiment was conducted with kidney transplant recipients in three Australian nephrology units. A multinomial logit model was used to quantify the preferences and trade-offs between five characteristics, cost, formulation, symptom burden, dietary changes, and medication quantities. Results 70 patients participated, mean age plus or minus SD, 47 plus or minus 15 years, 56% female, 57% had GI symptoms. Patients preferred interventions that will achieve complete resolution of GI symptoms compared to no improvement, odds ratio, 95% confidence interval, 15.3, 1.80, 129.50, were delivered as a tablet rather than a sachet, 1.6, 1.27, 2.08, retained their current diet compared to eliminating food groups, 6.0, 2.19, 16.27, reduced medication burden, 1.4, 1.06, 1.79, and had lower costs, 0.98, 0.96, 1.00. Participants would be willing to pay odd dollars $142.20, $83.90, $200.40, monthly to achieve complete resolution of GI symptoms or odd $190, $9.60, $192.10, to have moderate improvement in symptoms. Conclusions Interventions that are highly effective in relieving all GI symptoms without the need for substantive dietary changes, and in tablet form, are most preferred by kidney transplant recipients. Implications of complete proteinuria remission at any time in focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, sparse and tan duet trial. Introduction Focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, FSGS, is a rare glomerular disease with high unmet clinical need. Interest in proteinuria as a surrogate endpoint for regulatory approval of novel treatments has increased. We assess the relationship between achieving complete remission, CR, of proteinuria at least once during follow-up and long-term kidney outcomes. Methods This post-hoc analysis included all patients enrolled in the duet trial of sparsentan and FSGS and the open-label extension, OLE. 
Evaluations occurred every 12 weeks, including blood pressure, BP, edema, proteinuria, and kidney function. CR was defined as a urine protein slash creatinine ratio less than or equal to 0.3 grams slash G in a first morning urine sample. Results A total of 108 patients who received greater than or equal to one sparsentan dose were included in this study. During a median follow-up of 47.0 months, 46 patients, 43%, experienced greater than or equal to 1 CR, 61% occurring within 12 months of starting sparsentan. There was an increased likelihood of CR with a higher sparsentan dose or baseline subnephrotic range proteinuria. Achieving greater than or equal to 1 CR was associated with significantly slower rate of estimated glomerular filtration rate, ECFR, decline versus non-CR patients, P less than 0.05. Use of immunosuppressive agents was more frequent in patients who achieved a CR. However, the antiproteinuric effect of sparsentan was additive to that achieved with concomitant immunosuppressive treatment. No unanticipated adverse events occurred. Conclusion We conclude that sparsentan can be safely administered for extended periods and exerts a sustained antiproteinuric effect. Achievement of CR at any time during follow-up, even if it is not sustained, may be an indicator of a favorable response to treatment and a predictor of improved kidney function outcomes. The Phenotypic Spectrum of Col4A3 Heterozygotes Introduction The penetrance and phenotypic spectrum of autosomal dominant Allport syndrome, ADAS, affecting 1 in 106, remains understudied. Methods Using data from 174,418 participants in the Geisinger mycode slash Diskoff ehr study, an unselected health system-based cohort with whole exome sequencing, we identified 403 participants who were heterozygous for likely pathogenic COL4A3 variants. Phenotypic data was evaluated using International Classification of Diseases, ICD, codes, laboratory data, and chart review. To evaluate the phenotypic spectrum of genetically determined ODIS, we match COL4A3 heterozygotes 1-5 to to non-heterozygotes using propensity scores by demographics, hypertension, diabetes, and nephrolithiasis. Results. COL4A3 heterozygotes were at significantly increased risks of hematuria, decreased estimated glomerular filtration rate, ECFR, albuminuria, and kidney failure, P less than 0.05 for all comparisons, but not bilateral sensory neural hearing loss, P equals 0.9. Phenotypic severity was more severe for collagenous domain glycine missense variants than protein truncating variants, PTVs. For example, Patients with Gly 695 ARC and equals 161 had markedly increased risk of dipstick hematuria, odds ratio or 9.50, 95% confidence interval, C, 6.32, 14.28, and kidney failure, or 7.02, 95% C, 3.48, 14.16, whereas those with PTVs and equals 119 had moderately increased risks of dipstick hematuria, or 1.64, 95% C, 1.03, 2.59, and kidney failure, or 3.44, 95% C, 1.28, 9.22. Less than a third of patients had albuminuria screening completed, 
and fewer than one of three were taking inhibitors of the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. Conclusion This study demonstrates a wide spectrum of phenotypic severity in ATIS due to COL4A3 with phenotypic variability by genotype. Future studies are needed to evaluate the impact of earlier diagnosis, appropriate evaluation, and treatment of ATIS. High-throughput splicing assays identify known and novel WT1 exon 9 variants in nephrotic syndrome. Introduction Fraser syndrome, FS, is a rare Mendelian form of nephrotic syndrome, NS, caused by variants which disrupt the proper splicing of WT1. This key transcription factor gene is alternatively spliced at exon 9 to produce two isoforms, KTS plus and KTS minus, which are normally expressed in the kidney at a 2 to 1. KTS plus colon KTS minus ratio. FS results from variants that reduce this ratio by disrupting the splice donor of the KTS plus isoform. FS is extremely rare, and it is unclear whether any variants beyond the eight already known could cause FS. Methods To prospectively identify other splicing disruptive variants, we leveraged a massively parallel splicing assay. We tested every possible single nucleotide variant, N equals 519 in and around WT1 exon 9 for effects upon exon inclusion and KTS plus slash minus ratio. Results. Splice disruptive variants, SDVs, made up 11% of the tested point variants overall and were tightly concentrated near the canonical acceptor and the KTS plus slash minus alternate donors. Our map successfully identified all eight known FS or focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, FSGS, Variants and 16 additional novel variants which were comparably disruptive to these known pathogenic variants. We also identified 19 variants that, conversely, increased the KTS plus slash KTS minus ratio, of which two are observed in unrelated individuals with 46, 20 ovotesticular disorder of sex development, 46, 20 OTST. Conclusion this splicing effect map can serve as functional evidence to guide the clinical interpretation of newly observed variants in and around WT1 exon 9. Next one is from JAMA Internal Medicine. Disparities in kidney transplant waitlisting among young patients without medical comorbidities. Importance disparities in kidney transplant referral and waitlisting contribute to disparities in kidney disease outcomes. Whether these differences are rooted in population differences in comorbidity burden is unclear. Objective to examine whether disparities in kidney transplant waitlisting were present among a young, relatively healthy cohort of patients unlikely to have medical contraindications to kidney transplant. Design, setting, and participants This retrospective cohort study used the U.S. Renal Data System Registry to identify patients with end-stage kidney disease who initiated dialysis between January 1, 2005, and December 31, 2019. Patients who were older than 40 years, received a preemptive transplant, were preemptively waitlisted, or had documented medical comorbidities other than hypertension or smoking were excluded yielding an analytic cohort of 52,902 patients. Data were analyzed between March 1, 2022 and February 1, 2023. Main Outcomes and Measures Kidney Transplant Waitlisting After Dialysis Initiation 
Results of 52902 patients, mean, SD, age, 31, 5, years, 31, 132, 59%, male, 3,547, 7%, Asian slash Pacific Islander, 2,782, 39%, Black slash African American, and 28,006, 53%, white, included in the analysis, 15,840, 30%, were waitlisted for a kidney transplant within one year of dialysis initiation, 11,122, 21%, were waitlisted between one and five years after dialysis initiation, and 25,940, 49%, were not waitlisted by five years. Patients waitlisted within one year of dialysis initiation were more likely to be male, to be white, to be employed full-time, and to have had pre-dialysis nephrology care. There were large state-level differences in the proportion of patients waitlisted within one year, median, 33%, range, 15% to 58%. In competing risk regression, female sex, adjusted sub-hazard ratio, SHR, 0.92, 95% C, 0.90 to 0.94, Hispanic ethnicity, SHR, 0.77, 95% C, 0.75 to 0.80 and black race, SHR, 0.66, 95% C, 0.64 to 0.68, were all associated with lower waitlisting after dialysis initiation. Unemployment, SHR, 0.47, 95% C, 0.45 to 0.48 and part-time employment, SHR, 0.74, 95% C, 0.70 to 0.77, were associated with lower waitlisting compared with full-time employment, and more than one year of pre-dialysis nephrology care, compared with none, was associated with greater waitlisting, SHR, 1.51, 95% C, 1.46 to 1.56. Conclusions and relevance This retrospective cohort study found that fewer than one-third of patients without major medical comorbidities were waitlisted for a kidney transplant within one year of dialysis initiation, with sociodemographic disparities in waitlisting even in this cohort of young, relatively healthy patients unlikely to have a medical contraindication to transplantation. Transplant policy changes are needed to increase transparency and address structural barriers to waitlist access. Thank you for listening to this week in nephrology, your filtered medical journal summary. Have a great week ahead, stay blessed and be humane.